1: Horror Movie Talk, brought to you by Fill That Box in South Longview, Washington. Fill That Box has all the very best container brands for you to fill with anything you want. Sexual innuendo goes in this endo. Joke commercial spot done. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk, an opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Your schlubby hosts each week are Bryce Hansen, the cool collected nihilist, and David Day, a guy who fucks. <laughs> New theatrical releases always get priority, but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. I'm David Day.
2: I'm Bryce Hansen.
1: How are you guys doing today? We got, uh, we got a, a pretty cool movie for you, um, Creep Show from 1982, which I enjoyed quite a bit, but before that um we're gonna plug ourselves so check us out on horrormovietalk.com uh also on social media mostly facebook and twitter so check us out on there. links in the website to social media also check us out on oh no that's incorrect i'm sorry the next spot is actually a shutter commercial <laughs> <laughs> so we have a uh, we have a pretty sweet deal for our listeners um, for Shudder, S-H-U-D-D-E-R. Like you're shivering, but instead you're sh- shuddering.
2: And... Wait, I don't understand. Oh, okay. <laughs> Explain it further and spell it slower. S... Just kidding. A- just kidding. Okay. okay. So
1: Shudder is uh, very similar to Netflix. It's a streaming platform, but just for horror movies, thrillers, there's also some crime, drama, kind of thrillery kind of stuff on there as well. And instead of the normal... Uh, promo deal which is a seven-day free trial if you enter h m t at checkout you get a free 30-day trial to go ahead and you know see what they got which is actually a lot of uh a lot of exclusives like texas chainsaw massacre and um well creep show uh so you guys should check it out uh enter hmt at checkout shutter.com um also We joined the Amazon Associates program, which means if you want to support the podcast, go ahead and click through the link on our website, and you'll be helping us out quite a bit. So anytime you're doing shopping on Amazon, go ahead and click through the link at the top of our site, and we'll get a little little, little piece of that. And we would appreciate it greatly. So... One more, one more thing before we get get moving here. You can take our audience survey. I don't know. I don't know when we'll release this, so the audience survey might be done by that point.
2: But if well, it's... I mean, the the link will still be there. Okay, we're, we're gonna probably stop pushing it on the show. I yeah, think. we're getting yeah. That's as that's much reasonable. as we're gonna get for now. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> we're there's... planning on doing it till the end of the year, but I know we have like four episodes in the bag somewhere that mention it. So I mean, it'll still be available.
1: Cool. All right, um we post new episodes every Wednesday, and so you should subscribe to the podcast on your favorite um, uh, podcast platform and leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or something like that if you want to help us out a whole bunch, we would love you for it. We love you anyway, but we'll love you more if you you know if you subscribe and rate
2: personally, I won't love you unless you leave a review. Ooh, on there iTunes. you go. So if you want to curry Bryce Hansen's favor, you know what to do. I, I know what to do. And it ain't that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so we'll start out, we'll start out this. Uh, this all, uh, as we start out all our shows, we start out by giving a brief review and our score for the movie. We score on a scale of 1 to 10. 1 being terrible, 10 being fabulous, and 5 being just kind of average, just kind of a C. Later, we'll be doing Lifetime Movie or Horror Movie, which is a fun bit where Bryce will have to guess what what the description I'm reading is. It's going to either be a Lifetime Movie or a Horror Movie. Pretty fun game. And then we will also be doing Kill Count, a game where <laughs> where Bryce has to guess which movie has the higher kill count. And I've set it up to be just as diabolical as <laughs> as he has in the past. Um, that uh, today's kill count will be themed sci-fi slash extremely high body count. So, okay. so that's kind of going to be the theme. Thanks again for listening, and let's get into the show today. Like I said before, we watched a uh, creep show from 1982, and I had a whole lot of fun. It present It's uh, presented in a really fun way, has a ton of big names, and if you aren't into the story, you can just wait 20 minutes and see a new one, because it's a compilation of five short horror stories. This was the only Romero film, so this was directed by George A. Romero. This is the only Romero film to open at number one in the weekend box office, and it was considered a sleeper hit in theaters. And its charm is mostly to blame for its its success. So, without further ado, here's the trailer.
3: Coming soon. <laughs> Jolting tales of horror. Creep show. From the author of Carrie, The Shining, and Cujo. The creator of Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead, you'll scream at ghastly ghouls, cringe at weird kids, and shiver at the doings of evil doctors. This is going to be extremely painful, Mr. Vero. Creep Show will grab you, grow on you, and give you the creeps. No, this is going to be an entirely new experience. Creep Show, the most fun you'll ever have being scared.
1: So Creepshow can be found streaming on Shudder, enter HMT at checkout, and Amazon. Uh, Click through the link on the top of our site. It's a cult classic that has remained low on horror fans' collective radar since it was released. It was directed by the great and powerful George A. Romero and written by Stephen King. This is, I believe, Stephen King's very first screenplay that he wrote.
2: Yeah, he had movies that came out before. Well, he had movies that were based off of his novels that came out before. Right. But but Stephen
1: King was directly responsible for the screenplay on this and he also acted in he was the sole star of one of
2: the five stories. And was this was this all like brand new or was this based were these based on existing short stories, do you know? That's a good question. I believe they
1: were all based on existing short stories that he had written previously. So this was, you know, uh, Stephen King has a pretty legendary, uh, work ethic and he just, I I think the idea of this was George, George, a Romero and Stephen King were friends and they'd kind of been looking for something to do together for a long time. And Stephen King just pulled this all together, pulled all his, um, a bunch of useful short stories together that lended themselves well to to this format and they made it happen so um i actually i I enjoyed this movie so much that last night i went through and watched creep creep show 2 yeah which was this was based on short stories written by stephen king and george a romero did the screen screen uh right what screenplay? Screenplay, Uh he punched it all up, and then it was directed by uh, David something something, and it was n- not nearly as good to, uh, to to my eyes. Yeah. Anyway, hmm. add to it, uh, so add to Creepshow that it had a cast that includes Leslie Nielsen, Ted Danson, Ed Harris, Adrian Barbeau, and Stephen King himself, and you basically have uh, to f- f- to me a horror gem. The acting is hammy. The actors are having fun. The stories are spooky, but not hard to handle for the easily spooked horror fan. This movie is like a trip down nostal- trip down to nostalgia town. <laughs> <laughs> Creepshow is fun, funny. It's scary. Uh, I had a great time with Creepshow, and I, I, I envision going back to this movie for, you know, kind of like a yearly basis kind of thing, because it was yeah. just it's just fun. I gave Creepshow. An 8 out of 10. Um, while it is an excellent example of a cult classic, I think it's too light and breezy to be much higher than an 8 out of 10, so I think that's a ceiling for it. What did you think
2: about it? Um, I think that's pretty generous. Um, I I mean, full disclosure, I watched this, and I was really tired, so I wasn't super into it. I think if you're talking about for what it is, then yeah, it's an 8 out of 10. Like For what it's trying to be, it's really good at it right of the tone and like the campiness and you know introducing the gore elements when it can it's really good but um for me it was like i don't know it's it's hard to think of it as that much better than like a than like a tv quality like if this was on tv i would definitely watch it yeah but i'd give it like yeah like a 6 6 out of 10 that's probably fair yeah, yeah, but
1: I shouldn't be allowed to 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 review movies that just lean very heavily to, <laughs> on, towards all the things that I like a lot, right? Yeah, because this this so this is like an homage to creepy and eerie comic titles, right? So there's these these comic titles called creepy and eerie, and uh, and and like been,
2: pretty specifically in like the fifties and sixties, fifties and
1: sixties, yeah. And I mean, actually, I believe. Well, I I don't I don't know. I should have done a little bit more research on the publication dates that Creepy and Eerie ranged from. But lots of people have been or or, lots of people's childhoods were formed reading Creepy and Eerie. And one of them is definitely Stephen King. He has a little vignette at the start and the end of uh of this movie where there's this little kid whose dad just super disapproves of him reading comic books
2: it's very 80s very twisted sister yeah (laughs) it's
3: like screw
2: you dad don't take my comics away
1: and uh and the dad's just an ultra douche and uh yeah it's it's got like a like an interesting kind of vibe that it Mm -hmm. gives off which is like stephen king's a little kid and his dad threw away his comic book anyway Without further ado, let's transition to the spoilers.
2: Spoilers.
1: So, Creepshow is presented in a kind of a comic book format. I. I mean, it's cute and and quaint and charming, but it's mostly a gimmick.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: eh, what did you think about the?
2: I think, I mean, the real gimmick, gimmick is that it's a sh- it's a bunch of short stories and it's yeah. a bunch of shorts back to back. And um, to tie shorts together like that in a movie, there has to be a gimmick. And this is probably one of the more effective ones. Yeah, that's true. Where it's just, you know, it's. It doesn't try to pull them together too much to where you're like, yeah, but it, they're all separate things. It's like it it pulls you out enough to where you're like, okay, we're reset. Yeah. doing doing this now, you know.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's so it has like some. It, I mean, yeah, the transitions and the the comic book theme they're all animated. Um, for the most part and, or, or at least they transition from live action into animation and then back again. Mm -hmm. And then they kind of like do some framing and they even, there's even a couple spots where they do like quote unquote, quote unquote edgy, like, um, like double shots, you know, side by side shots where there's action happening in one frame over here and simultaneously on another frame on the Uh screen, there's action happening over here. And, um. Yeah, I mean, it it's not like it's it's the focal point of the movie, but
2: Yeah, it's always interesting when when movies try to pull over the tone and visual style of comic books. It yeah. almost always fails miserably. It really does. And this one you just give it a lot of leeway because it's yeah, it's a bunch of shorts and there's there's space for stylistic flair. At the end of each short and tr- transitioning it, you know, yeah, like the the color changes like drastically in the, you know, the final scenes usually to where it's like super blue or red, yeah, lights and stuff. And I can think of I can think of a couple other movies where they try to do the comic book
1: name them thing. Can you think of
0: them?
2: Oh yeah, um, one of using like panel style um was hulk was Ang Lee's hulk the original um oh, hulk movie wow modern hulk movie like he used he really doubled down on comic panels and and like transitional sweep uh, stuff that looked like comic panels and stuff
1: That would be horrible. <clears throat> I I never saw that.
2: It People rag on it so much. I saw it, and I was like, it was okay. I mean, it was interesting. It, um, that's a
1: that's a modern-day movie. That's like 2000-something. Yeah, yeah, it was like Se- early 2000s. Seven.
2: The other one, in terms of tone, were the ones that do it worse. Um, a lot of the 90s superhero movies tried to use, like, comic book tone. Yeah. Um, like Daredevil is laughably bad. Yeah, Oof. Um, The worst example of it. And when you start, the movie's... So bad, one of the worst movies. But once you view it through the lens of, oh, he's trying to make it a comic book movie, it starts to make a little more sense. Is Batman and Robin?
1: Oh, is that was that the intent?
2: I guess so. Joel Shoemaker, Joel Shoemaker, Shoemaker, and uh, yeah, it was so campy and like so. That's the one with bright and colorful and just ridiculous set design. No, that was Batman Forever. Batman and Robin was the worst one out of Joel Schumacher's, which was had Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze. Oh, oh man, I loved that one as Green (laughs) Green Ivy.
1: I loved how terrible that movie was. I loved how terrible it was. Ice to meet you,
2: everybody freeze, (laughs) chill. It's like cool party. (laughs) It's so bad. It's like how dare you unintentionally. Funny yeah. at many many parts. Yeah, it's great. But yeah, so usually using the comic, you know, elements and and tone doesn't usually work out too well. But with this, it did. I thought it worked pretty good. Yeah.
1: the The first of the stories that Creepshow has to offer is titled Father's Day, and is a story of a well-to-do family who are essentially they're all just reprehensible human beings mm-hmm. who each get their own kind of comeuppance. There's a lot of comeuppance in this, in this whole movie, all across all the stories, people are getting theirs. So if you like revenge, petty revenge, like non petty revenge, any kind of revenge, this you'll like creep show. Uh, The, this family had a father who is now dead and he was killed because he was just a horrible person to his, to his kids. And in particular to Bedelia, who uh, he was berating one day, he was berating her and yelling at her and saying, Bedelia, it's Father's Day, where's my cake? It's Father's Day, why haven't you given me my cake, Bedelia? And then she comes in. (laughs) Played by Eric Cartman. (laughs) Bedelia, where are you? And and he's just being a real jerk. Uh, (laughs) The rest of the family...
0: I mean, this guy was a real jerk. He
1: was a real jerk. The rest of the family... um, So he gets killed, and the rest of the family just basically lives off of their inheritance from rich papa. So on this Father's Day, the the day that we're watching, he comes back from the dead after Bedelia, who goes to visit his grave, spills some of her whiskey on his grave. Ooh, what's that mean? Some sort of... Some sort of some sort of Irish bringing people back to life with alcohol sort of thing. I think there's a.
2: Are you just making that up? Or is no, that I think thing? that's
1: an actual. Of course, that's a real thing. I
2: thought she was just pouring one out for the homies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um. Yeah. So he 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 like comes out the ground and and fucking wrecks her, and then he just proceeds to to wreck everyone else in on his on his happy Father's Day death day
2: yeah the the creature design or the the makeup on this movie i think they just defaulted to more yeah <laughs> <laughs> like just keep it on there I, I i i expected it to be different like it would to be more of an 80s style of like the goopy you know gory stuff
1: no it was the blocky
2: it was the it was very much like the black and white monster features right makeup. Yeah, it was like,
1: like going back to the 50s.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's not not about adding prosthetics that like accentuate a human face. It's like, no, we're going to put a huge fucking mask on you yeah. with giant fake teeth.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and there's going to you're going to be caked in dirt. Yeah. Caked in dirt. Yeah. Like at least half an inch all around. It's campy as shit yeah it's really it's really a lot of fun um yeah Father's day presents a bit of a lesson to the audience uh which I took to be you get what you give or don't be a dick especially especially when family is involved, so you know there's a little bit of a lesson that there's a lesson in all of these like it's it's one of these like it's very similar to creepy and eerie comics, which is hey, hey kids here's a something that's kind of spooky, and also here's how we justify it to mom and dad morality a, tale m- morality tale yeah where did uh where did Father's day land on uh on your ranking of of these can you it was a hard meh. a hard
2: man yeah, yeah, that was the last for, yeah I mean for me I didn't care at this all one about
1: it. this one had
2: ed uh what's his butt the guy from Harris. A, Oh yeah, that's Ed who Harris. it was. Yeah yeah yeah. Oh, I thought it was Peter Weller for some reason. What? I thought it was like that's a, I, I, I think I I think I labeled him Peter Weller in my mind even though like it didn't fit. I was like he looks really weird when he's young. Like <laughs> he's not that much younger than RoboCop, but why does he oh, look so That's Oh yeah, they do look very similar, don't they? So Different, but yeah, I think it he actually like, is Ed
1: Harris. He looks like a young Ed Harris. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, not nothing, nothing too crazy or notable. They start out with the weakest, which is probably a good way to go. Um, the second story is titled "The Lonesome Death of Jordy Verrill," which is based on the short story um, that Stephen King wrote called "Weeds." Uh, this is a one-man play starring King himself as a goofy hillbilly who finds the goofiest hillbilly.
3: Oh, you done it now, Jordy Farrell, You monkhead!
1: You lunkhead. He finds a meteorite that crashes to earth in his yard. And uh boy is he goofy. He's goofy as fuck. <laughs> this
2: is this is the one that like works for me most yeah, because it be. it's so committed. Yeah, he... and it's Stephen King is not an actor, no. but he definitely knows what tone he's going for in this and goes whole hog well if you're if you're gonna like it's a good it's a good strategy if you're
1: not an actor right right just commit to something and then then fucking go all the way in
2: yeah if you're going to be in a role as a non-actor be the idiot
1: right yeah because you can do that i promise you (laughs) you can be an idiot anyone listening and Stephen King can be too. I couldn't tell. I, like I was trying. Like I didn't recognize him right off the bat. I'm not super. Like I'm not used to looking at Stephen King's face or hearing his voice.
2: And I think now you mostly see him with glasses, and he wasn't wearing glasses, and he was very young. And at the time, goofy. Like yeah. he made a big effort to cross his eyes and to. How much coke do you think Stephen King was on?
1: When all the was- coke. <laughs> all of it. <laughs> he, he was having he was having a great time. Yeah, so this is a one man play. Uh actually there's there's one or two other actors. There's a college professor who he who
2: he uh, Well it's like he's does he actually talk to him or is it all in like in his mind? Yeah, it's in his but, yeah, mind. But, yeah, yeah, in the movie, yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh So he, he, he like approaches this meteorite that, that lands in his yard and of course he touches it. And then he, he has dreams about how rich it's going to, how rich he's going to become from discovering this, this, you know, alien thing that crashed to earth. Uh, But he touches it, which is basically enough to spell his doom. Um, he bumbles and stumbles around as his luck grows worse and worse, which is kind of a th- the theme of this one. Uh,
3: <laughs> oh, you've done it now, Jordy Verrill, you
1: lunkhead. He's a real <laughs> lunkhead, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, so he bumbles and stumbles around as everything he touches and everything that the meteorite touches begins to sprout alien life. Alien plants. Vegetation. Like grass. Yeah, and... Beards, like vine beards.
2: Yeah, this character is so dumb that you question whether he should be living alone.
1: Oh, it, it was surprising to me that he was. Right. This, yeah, it was. He was. He was living alone in an old shanty, you know, that was clearly passed down from generations of varils.
3: Mm-hmm. And uh... oh, you've done it now, Jordy Verrill. <laughs> you monkhead, <laughs> Good lord.
2: I That's like what they it. said when they got the, the shack. Oh,
3: you done
1: it
2: now. Jordy Barrel, yeah. you lunkhead. Uh, but it was celebratory. Yeah. Yeah. When, oh, they got, yeah. when they got the house. Oh, right. Yeah.
1: Right. Okay. I see where you're going with that. Lonesome Death of Jordi Vero was reminiscent uh, of pulp magazines and stories from the 50s and 60s. I enjoyed the special effects in this quite a bit. Yeah, (laughs)
2: Yeah. I mean, the whole thing was so dumb that it's that. Yes, the special effects matched, but they were fun. It was dumb and fun. And then at the end, (laughs) he blows his fucking plant brains out. Yeah. And it's like. Great. His, the,
1: the, yeah, the amount of plans that they commit to to this set is insane, and it produces it produces like a Star Trek esque, like classic Star Trek esque kind of quality, right to the to the set that you you really have not seen since something you know since a, a stage production like. You know a campy stage right. production like Star Trek
2: a lot of these I mean if you take out the overt horror stuff, a lot of it's like Twilight Zone, yeah, you know very much this this was probably the most Twilight Zone type story, yeah out of all of them
1: yeah, it was it was Twilight Zone in color mm-hmm. and and it was I mean it did a an admirable job of being you know of of being Twilight Zone in color,
2: yeah, and they didn't have to kill any kids to do it.
1: No, just Jordy. He mm-hmm. had to. Uh, he definitely had to off himself because mm-hmm. he was being overtaken with plants. Mm-hmm. That's the only. That's the only thing you can do. What can you do? You can't trim them back. They had to be sprouting in his throat and stuff.
2: Yeah. Hmm. That's a good question. I feel like I'd just just live with it. Oh, you just live with yeah. the
1: plants growing out of your eyes?
2: Yeah okay it's like I, i'll just deal with this shit now
1: vegetative state
2: that's what will... <laughs> womp womp. Whatever. they the
1: uh, where does this one this one falls as your favorite i think
2: yeah in terms of tone in terms of like stick with me yeah like that's it it's it's the best example of what it's trying to be i think
1: yeah i'd say that's probably fair so the next, the next short story is titled, Something to Tide You Over. <laughs> that's a, a play on words. That's a clue. I've got such a raging clue right now. The third story... It's
2: about laundry detergent.
1: <laughs> yeah, this one, this one stars Ted Danson as Harry, who's uh, the victim to Liam Neeson, who is a wealthy psychopathic killer. Although, he had a good reason. Which is Ted Danson slept with his wife a lot. <laughs> so I wouldn't, you know, I'd my, I might do what Liam Neeson does <laughs> if in this if someone were to sleep with my wife.
2: All right, note to self: don't yeah. sleep with David's wife. That's right. Actually, I think I'm pretty safe. I'm I'm pretty sure you would change your mind by the time you dug a hole the size that I could fit in. You, I'd make you dig it.
1: Oh.
3: Uh,
2: that's... Yeah, see, that's mean, because Leslie Nielsen dug it for Ted Danson. He just made himself bury him. Oh. Made him bury himself.
1: I remember this incorrectly, then. I thought he made him dig it up. I'd make... That's dumb. <laughs> Why would you do all the work when you got this guy you got at gunpoint? Yeah, so this bring, this transitions us nicely into kind of the way it starts out, which is uh, Liam brings Ted to the beach, a beach, a private beach that he owns. And yeah, he presents him with this gigantic grave-sized hole in the sand, which would be very difficult to dig. Very, very. Every time I've managed to dig sand, you know, it just kind of falls back in on itself. So, not a fun, not a not a fun thing to, to have to do. But what he ends up doing is he he's got he's got him he's got him at gunpoint. He makes him fill himself fill the sand all around him. Right, so like he's almost like he's burying him alive, but he leaves his head up above the uh, up above the sand, and then he places a a camera on him, and places a TV in front of him, and attaches this long wire to the TV that sends a feed to the TV of his wife, who is also buried neck deep in the sand, and the tide is coming in, and so Ted Danson is forced to captively sit and watch. As Liam's wife, his lover, is taken by the tide, drowns in the tide,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and it's uh, you know that's a that's a that's a fucking creepy concept.
2: Yeah, it was a, it was the best concept out of all the stories. Yeah, and it was, I mean, this one actually was the best. Like it, like I, I say, the <laughs> Stephen King one was the best for the tone, but this one, in terms of quality. Yeah. Was the best. Because it had Liam Neeson. It's not Liam Neeson, it's... Liam Nielsen. Liam Nielsen.
1: Yeah, sorry. I always say Liam Neeson. Leslie Nielsen. Leslie Nielsen. It's
2: what? Not, not Liam. Oh, shit! Leslie. Have been saying Liam, though? I've, I've been spacing out. <laughs> I have, too. Obviously. <laughs> Leslie Nielsen. Liam yeah. Neeson. So, Leslie Nielsen from the Naked Gun movies. Yeah. Yes. Um, He's fabulous. And Airplane. Uh, yeah, it's great seeing him as a villain. And he does it. Great. Yeah. Like, it's it's weird seeing Leslie Nielsen playing serious roles. Yeah. But, which is what he did for a long time, right? Yeah. But he did great. Yeah. And you really believe, like, this was a arrogant psychopath killing these people. It was, you know? yeah, it was so interesting
1: to, just to watch him, yeah, like you said, do a serious role. Because you really, you see a, a vet, you know? Yeah. He just... He just exudes like I'm a fucking pro at this. Yeah, and and it's it's a lot of fun to get him to get to see him, not be so hammy, but still be kind of hammy. You know?
2: Yeah, and like in my experience, like my Leslie Nielsen growing up was right. the old Leslie Nielsen. Like he was definitely right. It was funny because he was old too. Right. You know, not just because he was funny, but it was also funny seeing him on naked gun like the sequels yeah we're just like an old dude and this one he's still young yeah. like it's he's got white hair and stuff but you can still tell it like you know
1: he's like 55 yeah 60 not yeah. not aged mm-hmm. yeah and um and so i was reading some trivia on uh on this and and <laughs> but he the the interesting part about this whole thing is he had his sense of humor like. I mean, he obviously had his sense of humor his whole life, but like mm-hmm. walking around the set, he had a uh, uh, an actual fart machine that he had in his pocket <sighs> that produced fart sounds, and uh, and he would try and get people to crack up. So Ted Danson couldn't hold a straight face while looking at Leslie Nielsen because. He was so conditioned to, like, having this fart thing go off that when Leslie Nielsen would – when the camera would cut away and look at Ted dancing, Leslie Nielsen would be like, give him the look. And Ted just couldn't hold it together. So he'd, like – he conditioned the set with this fart fart box, which is – that's such a great – that's such a great tidbit. Yeah. Like, I love it. Anyway, so, shocking – uh, Leslie Nielsen gets his comeuppance, and uh, his his wife and Ted Danson come back from the back from the watery deep, just to uh, you know to make sure he gets his. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?"
0: Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Which yeah. was
1: super campy.
2: Yeah, another case of, what should we do with the uh makeup design? More. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the answer's more. Lots more.
2: And then they asked that like 20 more times. And then they landed on like, all right, that seems good. Yeah. They looked like I'm trying to remember and I can't remember um uh, I'll, I'll remember it later.
1: So, Something to Tide You Over was actually a pretty fun story. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Is the third is the the dead middle of uh of Creepshow. Um f- to be followed by The Crate, which is I think it's the longest and probably for me it's it's my favorite and I think it's it's the most notable story from like from the movie for fans because uh it has kind of a indiana jones sort of boy which one is that ark of the covenant is it is it ark of the covenant i think it's raiders of the lost ark where they
2: raiders of the lost ark
1: yeah so it has a raiders of the lost ark sort of vibe you know that vibe you know that uh that scene in raiders of the lost ark where they're they go to the warehouse. Uh-huh. And there's they you know, the Ark is in a box, you know, warehouse full of other boxes that are probably f- fucking just waiting to be rediscovered, you know, mm-hmm. just a bunch of weird, crazy shit. It's very that this this the crate is very much Raiders of the Lost Ark, the the covenant that because a, a college janitor loses a quarter underneath a staircase that's just kind of an off in a corner. And, uh, as he goes to try and retrieve it because quarters, you know,
2: they were worth something back yeah, then,
1: back then a quarter was probably like four or $5,000 <laughs> to us now. So he goes, looks under the stairwell and he sees this crate that has this date from like the 19th century, you know, like 1826 or something like that. And he's like, wow, goddamn, like this is ooh, really old box. <laughs> Look, what's in here? It's got all dusty and... What's in here? So he goes and he tells a a college professor, and uh, and the college professor's like, "Okay, I'll fine. I'll he like he gets them from a party, right? You were asleep at this point. I was asleep. Look at at you. God damn, this is just glossing over. This is very upsetting to me.
2: All I remember is that yeah. Um. So he after they open it,
1: yeah, he notifies Dexter Stanley, Stanley, a college professor, and they open up the the box to find. One of the most crazy movie monsters, monsters that I can recall <laughs> from the 80s. Um, or at all. It was like the the werewolf from Thriller. Mixed, like, but, but with a lot of extra teeth. Yeah. Like, tons. Way too much teeth.
2: Yeah. Where the proportions are, like, way off. Like, that's what, one of the disturbing things. Because it felt like it could either be seven feet tall or four feet tall. Right. And... <laughs> Yeah, the proportions could either either be like, I mean, obviously it can fit in a box somehow. But is it like cat size to where it looks huge, but I can actually sneak underneath a door? Ooh, that's creepy. Like, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't get a, a read on how big this thing was supposed to be. (laughs) <laughs> There's a lot
1: of the proportions in the, the crate that are all fucked up, which, are, which is to say exactly what you mentioned, right? So the size of the thing, the box is not that big. It's like maybe three and a half feet by three mm-hmm. and a half feet uh, square. And, uh, and then it comes out and it seems gigantic because it pulls a man in and, <laughs> and devours him whole. And then it proceeds to eat like two or three more people. Eat them up. Eat them up. Mm-hmm. How much room did this thing have in his body? Right. Was the box just full of shit? It was incredible how much this thing ate. And, but it was in this tiny little box. And it was very powerful. It was very strong for having been in a box for like over 100 years. Yeah. Uh, which makes it, you know, more interesting. One of the interesting little tidbits about this was that on the side of the box, uh, it said, From Antarctica and i think it had some some sort of verbiage on there that alluded to the or or made a callback to the thing or the the original movie the thing hmm. so mm, that's kind of could be the thing oh maybe it is the thing it's a thing it's a, it is a thing it's definitely a thing it, the crate also had a great story about northrup uh this dude another college professor whose old lady was she was a real bitch, and uh, the amount of revenge and comeuppance? In the I mean, crate,
0: this guy
2: was a real jerk. She was Except a, it was
1: a girl. Yeah, she was a real jerk. Uh, <laughs> the amount uh, of revenge and comeuppance in the crate works really well because she she's just treating uh, Northrop like uh, like her slave, basically, and everybody hates her. Nobody's interested in talking to this horrible woman. And uh, once Northrop learns that there's this thing in this crate at the college, he's like... Here's my chance. I got to get rid of my old lady. So he runs over to the college. He cleans up all the gore from all the people that this thing's killed. And he carefully makes sure that the box is intact. And then he runs back or no, he calls his wife and he's like, oh dear, I have, there's a, my, my friend, Dexter Stanley, he's, he's, he's here. And ah, he's, I think he's assaulted a woman and you need to help (laughs) me cover this up. And, uh, so she comes running and she's like, oh, oh, uh. Northrop, what have you done this time? I have to clean up all your messes, and then he gets the monster eater, and he touches the monster in a lake or in a end. And, and, I couldn't, I couldn't really tell. It was. I think like it was a, a well, an old quarry, like that's all full yeah. of water. Okay, something,
2: something like that. I was also asleep at that point, probably. Mm. I knew it contained water and it was deep. This is very useful. It's yeah. good information. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> So uh I really enjoyed the crate. Uh I I can see why and I think it kinda put creepshow on the map as far as being iconic just because of that monster. Yeah,
2: the monster design, the the concept is great. Yeah. This is another one that was very Twilight Zone ish. Yes. I could totally see this on Twilight Zone because it contains like temptation. Oh yeah. It contains like <laughs> um plotting. Yeah. You know? dastardly the one the one thing that it doesn't have quite right is that the the husband that kills his wife doesn't get comeuppance if it was a twilight zone episode it would backfire on him definitely he paid
1: his due yeah but (laughs) if it was a twilight episode he yeah he would have definitely gotten his which uh which kind of leads nicely into the the last story in Creepshow, which is uh, they're creeping up on you uh, this is definitely another one that would be found in the Twilight Zone or at least has that uh that same feel they 're creeping up on you as the final installment uh, and it's effective and fun it it was i don 't know it's it's it 's memorable for uh the fact that it 's kind of a one trick pony it's it it stars e g Marshall as Upson Pratt, who is cruel and ruthless and the owner of some gigantic corporation or business. Uh, and he lives very much like Howard Hughes did uh, in a hermetically sealed apartment, right? So he's he's, got, he's very worried about germs and things being clean and perfect and pristine. And this movie just basically plays on that. So this is like, what would happen if Howard Hughes had a real big bug problem in his house? <laughs> And, and the answer is, uh, freak out, freak out real bad. So this was actually the most, as, as, you know, at the start of the movie, at the start of the story, he notices one little cockroach, cockroach run along, you know, his, uh, his countertop and he's like, Oh no,
2: Holy cow.
1: if there's, if there's one cockroach, yeah, you're reading ahead here. If there's <laughs> one cockroach, there's, there's bound to be hundreds. So I have to nip this in the bud. And one balloons into two, and two balloons into like twenty million. And the interesting thing about this uh, sketches uh, or story is, it was by far in a way the most expensive part of (laughs) of the movie because of the cockroaches. This is astounding. During Fan Expo Canada 2015, George A. Romero had said that the cockroaches were the most expensive part of the movie. This is off of the trivia section for Creepshow in IMDb, stating that the cockroaches cost $0.50 apiece, and they used more than 250000 of them for a grand total of $125,000 on cockroaches alone. So all of Creepshow's budget, basically— went to cockroaches <laughs> which is pretty epic like that's a good that could be the tagline right there <laughs> they
2: certainly didn't spend it on makeup no they're like we gotta save that money for the cockroach <laughs> <laughs> they hired like the uh the local high school production of the crucible to do the makeup yeah for twenty dollars yeah and then they spent, you know, $100,000 on cockroaches.
1: I think the makeup was intentionally shitty. Yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, not shitty, but stylized and nostalgic. Right. Stylized, yeah. geared towards nostalgia.
2: Yeah, it was very much like um Creature from the Black L- Lagoon. Yes.
1: Yes. Type. Or any bad guy from Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Just big and wobbly yeah. and goofy. <laughs> yeah, so... um. At the end of "They're Creeping Up on You," he he locks himself into like the ultra hermetically sealed room and is eaten alive by cockroaches in and and they're they're stacked like three feet high in this room. Well,
2: the best the best shot in the whole movie is like after it, it goes to him sealing himself in the room and then the cockroaches just coming out of the woodworks into the room. Yeah, and then it it leaves him for a second, then comes back. Oh yeah, and it's like him just laying in bed, and he looks normal, that's right. and then all of a sudden, like his skin is moving, and yeah. all these cockroaches start coming out of his skin and his mouth, and then his like that was great. that that makeup was really good. Yeah, that was crazy, like, and that was one of the best. That's like one of the best sequences in a horror movie that I've seen. Yeah, yeah, it was really effective. If you were to if you were to give someone a script that said. And then all the cockroaches start crawling out from underneath his skin and, and fill the entire room. It's like, yeah, they pulled it off. Yeah. That was pretty good.
1: Yeah. And, uh, and, and so he, he ends up in this room full of cockroaches, like three feet deep. And as it turns out, those weren't all cockroaches. There was the, the top layers of them were, but mostly it was raisins. <laughs> that's funny what which looks are like just com- as frightening <laughs> oh, that's the raisin. for me it would get scarier the more they touch me mm-hmm. the raisins <laughs> I don't like them touching me so my question to the audience today is have you seen Creepshow? And if so, what's your favorite story? Because Bryce and I differed a little bit on our favorite story. I think mine was probably the crate, whereas Bryce slept through the crate. So, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. What what's your favorite short story on Creepshow? If you've seen it, and uh, uh, yeah, if not, what's your favorite? I and then I tailed off and didn't write the the rest of my question to the audience because I was tired too. We've had a, it's it's been a rough week. Yeah. It's for me anyway. There's just a lot. There's a lot too. A podcast, as it turns out. <laughs> it's, it's a fucking load of work.
2: Yeah. I just I've just been tired the last couple of days. Yeah, me like, too. Right around the time where I'd be watching movies. Normally I could go till like one o'clock, but like Around 10.30, I'm like, I'm starting to fall asleep now.
1: So you're now what I normally am. Right. And I've been tired this week. Right. So 8.30 rolls around. I'm like,
2: well, I think I'm turning in now.
1: (laughs) So uh, one last interesting tidbit about Creepshow. Creepshow, the crew that produced it, was also the crew for Sleepaway Camp. Oh. Yeah. According to Jonathan Tierston. So they would have done
2: the Sleepaway Camp the next year.
1: Right. Yeah, so they did Creepshow in 82 and then got back together and we're like, "Hey, let's do another horror another fucking campy horror movie. Let's do uh Sleepaway Camp."
2: And we got that episode coming up later
1: maybe, next maybe, year. Maybe before this uh episode airs, maybe later, I don't know. We'll have no. to see. Haven't no. determined yet. Been thinking about getting a, uh, a a release calendar up on the site so that our audience can watch the movies ahead of time before we Review them, but I don't know if I want to commit that hard to to a uh, yeah. you know it predetermined.
2: Yeah, we want to give ourselves some wiggle room. Yeah, that if like a kid goes into the hospital or something, we can just choose one from the.
1: Yeah, maybe it's like a tentative release schedule. So yeah. like,
2: just watch all these movies, or what we could do. If the listeners are interested. <laughs> <laughs> let us know on Facebook. Just set up uh, the Patreon and say you can access all the episodes that haven't come out yet.
1: Yeah, we'd ha we'd really have to be uh y- you know, you'd really have to pull our leg on that one. You have to let us know what you think on Twitter or Facebook because yeah. I'm not doing that shit unless you guys actually say you want it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So final final recommendations. Who do you think would like creep show? You personally.
2: You know, I think I think Aaron might almost like creep show like people that aren't necessarily horror fans yeah, that are into kitsch or like over the top cult, corny stuff. Yeah. Cult movies, people that like cult classic stuff.
1: Yeah, this is this goes. To, yeah, I agree completely. That's almost exactly word for word what I was going to say. It's kind of goes down as a pop culture piece, right? Which is. It's just something that everyone should see because it's an interesting piece of commentary on pop culture from the 50s and 60s and the
2: 80s. Yeah. Right. I'm I'm surprised that I've never seen it on TV. This this seems like it'd be ideal for Oh, it's TV. It, it's perfect. It's it's light
1: with, you know, with intermittent, you know, gore that yeah. can easily be edited nicely. Right. Like I'm thinking specifically of the time frame when we grew up where yeah. you know, where violence couldn't really make it onto mm-hmm. even onto cable really. Yeah. But uh but yeah, that's a good point. I never ever saw Creep Show show up anywhere on TV. So with that, uh that's our that's our review of Creep Show. Let's transition into lifetime movie or horror movie. <laughs> A lifetime movie or horror movie is a bit where I read a description of a movie five, five movies to be uh, exact. Exact.
2: You did drink coffee before we started. I did. You must be really tired. Yeah, I am. Uh, it's, it's a <laughs> bit where where I read five uh, descriptions to Bryce,
1: and he has to descriptions of movies to Bryce, and he has to determine whether or not it's a lifetime movie. Or a horror movie. I'm up for it. I was five for five last time. There, no, you were not. You were five for five? You got 100% right? I think I was. Wow. We're going to have to go back and check the records on that. Mm. Was that on... Uh, which episode was that on?
2: That was on...
1: The one that I am last of Killing the week.
2: Sacred Deer. Oh. No.
1: We'll have to go back and check the tapes. Are you ready? Are you ready for the first description? All right. First description goes a little something like this. A 40-something ex-policeman named Joe initiates an online relationship with a 20-something Tanya Sullivan. Conflicts (laughs) arise after Tanya flies to Atlantic (laughs) City to seduce Joe, and she reveals to him that she is
2: married. I mean, it has to be Lifetime does it with a name like tanya sullivan that's totally a lifetime movie
1: why is that totally a lifetime movie? i don't
2: know it just hits me
1: tanya does reek of lifetime doesn't it Mm -hmm. it must be because of the harding
2: i don't know just tanya sullivan it it's it's like giving you information that you wouldn't care about right
1: that you wouldn't care about yeah but your wife or some other woman might very much, oh, Tanya.
2: There's, like, there's not enough actual interesting material in the plot that they've got to be like, and her name's Tanya Sullivan.
1: Hmm. Like, okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, well, you're dead on. <laughs> this is a Lifetime movie <laughs> called Fatal Desire from 2006. If you want, you can go check it out. If that sounds like it's right up your alley, no, you know, no judgment, uh, just go check it out. Okay, horror, or I mean, uh, movie number two. Okay, so it's a horror movie. So a shy.
2: She just, <laughs> so she just said horror. You're like, oh, wait, wait, no.
1: <laughs> a shy little girl whose dad remarried two years after her mom's death makes friends with an imaginary playmate after they move to a new home. That's it? That's the description of the movie.
2: That's a pretty good one. It could be both. Could be either. I'm going to say horror movie, though. You're going to say horror. You are wrong. What
1: wrong? What? That's a lifetime movie. That is imaginary playmate, 2006.
2: Oh man, I think I haven't even had that one written
1: down. I can't imagine how boring that would be. <laughs> That's if it's not a horror movie. Then what is it? Yeah, a little girl with an imaginary playmate. Who cares? (laughs) Okay. Movie number three. A woman returns to her small town home to investigate father's death, which authorities considered a mere hunting accident. That's it. Read it again. A woman returns to her small town home to investigate father's death, which authorities considered a mere hunting accident.
2: All right, this feels like you edited down the description to sound more innocuous. No. He did two Lifetime movies in a row. Uh, I'm going to say it's a horror movie. Wrong. Damn it. it. That's a Lifetime movie. (laughs) That's the
1: secret. The secret of Hidden Lake. From 2006. Mm. I'm getting better at
0: this.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You're psyching
1: me out. Yeah. All right. Movie number four. Washed up, true crime writer Ellison Oswalt finds a box of Super 8 home movies that suggests the murder he is currently researching is the work of a serial serial killer whose work dates back to the 1960s.
2: Is this 8mm?
1: I, is that, is that a, it's not a, is that a guess? I'll say horror movie. You are correct. Okay, good. Interestingly enough, do you know, so you guessing 8mm, that's not what it is. Would you like to hazard another guess?
2: I guess Super 8 is an 8mm, I mean Super 8 must be 8mm film, right? I have right?
1: no idea. Could not help you.
2: Um, this is guess well, who it is? This
1: is a well-known horror movie. Um, Modern horror movie. I don't know. This is Sinister
2: from oh, 2012.
1: Okay. Which I never, like, I just can't. I've said it before. I'll say it again. They all, in Sinister <laughs> and Insidious, they just all run together for me. I'm like, all oh. right.
2: They're talking about doing a crossover movie between Sinister and Insidious. I wonder if anyone will actually notice. I don't know. I would never notice. I'd be like, oh, okay.
1: It's just, what is it? Okay. It's the same as both of them. Okay. The last one. A husband and wife who recently lost their baby adopt a nine-year-old girl who is not nearly as innocent as she claims to be.
2: Okay, this is a horror movie, and I think I know this one. Oh. This is the extra points. If it's you... like called Imposter or something. It's like the the little girl is actually like an old older woman. She's like in her twenties or thirties. Oh, and she's got like a she's got a, wears a choker. You may
1: actually have, you may
2: actually, I mean, I can't, you, I can't remember what the title is, but it's no yeah.
1: extra points because you don't remember the title, but that's impressive because you are correct. This is the orphan orphan, orphan. Yeah, from okay. 2009. Uh, yeah. So great job. You got three I out haven't of five. Even, I
2: haven't even seen that. I've only seen reviews of it. <laughs> I
1: think I've seen it. Th- I've seen so many like, like little horror movies. It's, they just all kind of run together. So this this is uh, very similar to a lot of them. So let us know how you did, uh, if you played Lifetime Movie or Horror Movie, and now we're going to transition into our second and final game of the episode. One, two, two, three, two three, four, five, three, six, seven, three, eight, four, nine. 10 that makes me cringe so hard
3: let us know.
2: I love that I just put David at the end and let it just 50. pan out. That's
1: great. It, is it great? I love it. Let us know if it's actually great. <laughs> so Kill Count is a game where I I propose two movies to Bryce, and he has to determine which one has a higher Kill Count. This one is themed sci-fi movies. It also has a... a an additional theme of having massive kill counts. So each one of these movies have tremendous amounts of people dying in them. And they're usually at th- they're they're all sci-fi movies. So the first movie is starship troopers and that's versus the chronicles of
2: Riddick starship troopers versus chronicles of Riddick um, are bug deaths included. No, I don't believe they
1: are. Uh,
2: I'm going to go Starship Troopers.
1: That's a good guess. Starship Troopers is a tremendously violent film, and you're correct. (laughs) Yay! So the kill counts on those is Starship Troopers, 256 people. And The Chronicles of Riddick not too far behind, 187. Hmm. Okay, our next uh, movies are Aliens vs. Predator
2: Requiem. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, I remember seeing it. And I'm putting it up against Akira. Are Were there more than one Alien vs. Predator?
1: Oh, yeah. There was Aliens vs. Predator and Alien vs.
2: Predator Requiem. And I think Alien vs. Predator 2? I can't remember which one I've seen, though. It was terrible, whatever it was. Yeah, the first one was very... They were all pretty bad. The first one was bad. Which one was the one that it had the chain-link fence that marked the the main alien? Like, it got hit by a chain-link fence or something, so you could tell, like, ooh, this is the protagonist alien, because we need that.
1: That's right. There was a... Oh, man. I don't, I don't know which one that yeah. was, but there was a video game that came out, Aliens vs. Predators. The newer one... Which had a skin of an alien that was from that. So it had the fence mm-hmm. branded on its head. I love that skin. I love that game. It was a great game. So which uh so and you you've seen Akira, I assume. The uh Um the cult classic anime I'm gonna say Akira. Wow. You did it. By just four deaths. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so Akira had hundred and nineteen deaths. And Alien vs. Predator Requiem, 115. There's a lot going on in that movie. <laughs> 115, 115 people were involved in Alien vs. Predator Requiem. Is that counting the aliens? I don't think so. I mean, maybe... Is it counting
2: the Predators?
1: <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> For sure. Uh, yeah.
1: Okay. Next movie, or our next matchup is Resident Evil Apocalypse versus Blade.
2: Ooh, both super campy movies. Tons of deaths. Um, Man. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. If it was Blade 2, it'd be easy to say. Oh, yeah, why's that? Blade 2 is just... Insane. I think there's an entire like dance floor of people that gets murdered. Yeah, that's right. Oh man, that was a great one. Um, I'll say Resident Evil Apocalypse was the last one. Was that the last?
1: Uh, I believe so. Like nothing hinges on this. Like I don't take your kids yeah. if you get it wrong.
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna say Blade.
1: Wrong. Damn. Wrong. It's uh, Resident Evil Apocalypse, 123 deaths on that one versus Blade, which is not far behind at 111. Hmm. I really like the Blade uh, trilogy.
2: Like, all of those were great. Blade 1 and 2 are great. I've heard that Blade 3 was a clusterfuck.
1: Yeah, I can't really recall Blade 3, so maybe it was just 1 and 2 that were great.
2: I, I love seeing clips of Ryan Reynolds talking about the experience of filming Blade with right. Wesley Snipes. Ryan Reynolds was in Blade?
1: Mm-hmm. I don't recall that anymore.
2: He talks about how they didn't, like, I don't even think he could film his scenes with Wesley Snipes, the scenes that he was in with Wesley Snipes. Why? um, Just because Wesley Snipes was super difficult and wouldn't come out of his trailer or something like that. Wow. And so they they filmed the stuff that was what Ryan Reynolds was Uh saying, and then later filmed Blade's reaction to it. And so it makes it a lot funnier, because wesley snipes is reacting to nothing and he's like not acting that hard and just kind of being you know gruff or whatever and ryan reynolds is just saying the most ridiculous stuff to try to get a reaction so anyways dude i hear uh, i get the feeling that wesley snipes is not like the funnest person to work with on set well is he out of jail yet yeah, he's been out of jail for a while.
1: Oh, he got sent to jail for tax evasion. That's kind of a dumb move on the government's part. Yeah. Uh, because he could, he could be out, as Adam Carolla says, he could be out there making tons more money that you can get him le- legit taxes from him. But right. instead, he's sucking up taxpayer money sitting in prison. Right. That's stupid. Anyway, uh, m- uh, pair up number four. So we got a favorite of yours. You're actually wearing a t shirt of it right now. Uh, no, that says The Last Jedi on, Jedi on it, but it's. The Last um, Jedi. The Last Jedi.
2: <laughs> sponsored by Volvo, or damn. <laughs> sponsored by Volkswagen. Volkswagen. Uh,
1: so this is Star Wars A New Hope, which I think that picture is from A New Hope, probably. I mean, it yeah, looks like it. Anyway, uh, Star Wars A New Hope versus Children of Men.
2: Oh, um. Oh, man. Yeah, let's go Star Wars.
1: Wrong. Damn. That's, but they're very close. They're only two apart. Mm. Turtle Men, Children of Men, 75. Star Wars, New Hope,
2: 75. I'm going to always default to the war movies. Because mm. war, there's a lot of death.
1: Yeah. W- war equals hell.
2: Yeah.
1: Final movie is... Or final pair-up is Serenity. Of uh, I, th- I believe that's a Firefly mm-hmm. uh, origins versus the Fifth Element.
2: Uh, Fifth Element.
1: Oh wow! Why why are you so quick on that? What makes you say Fifth Element?
2: Um, just because
1: because I want to get this over with, David. Jesus mm-hmm. Christ!
2: Well, there's the whole like cruise ship full of people that basically die. Basically die. Yeah,
1: so. yeah. You're 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 right. Okay fifth element has 80 people and serenity has 74 hmm. so i don't know how many you got i think you got like three again mm-hmm. that seems about right so good job yay me and uh and with that that kind of that's uh that starts that's starting to wrap up our yeah, episode it's
3: game over man it's game over
1: <laughs> the game's over now bryce so with that, thank you very much for listening to Horror Movie Talk. Check us out at horrormovietalk.com. If uh you're doing any shopping on Amazon, just click through the link on our website to help support the the podcast. Go ahead and bookmark that link and that way every time you head to Amazon, you can uh you know, you can give us a little boost. Put put a little bit of put a little a few few cents in our pocket because those 25 cents, they could be worth, you know, <laughs> They could be worth five or six thousand dollars in twenty years from now. So that and that could make a big difference to to Bryce and I. Who will be doing this in 20 years? You wait and see. It'll it'll happen. Again, take our audience survey if you haven't already. And thank you very much for listening. Oh, finally, Shudder. Check them out. S-H-U-D-D-E-R. Enter H M T at. Check out, and you get a free 30-day trial subscription to Shudder, which is the horror movie streaming service. So check them out. Enter HMT at checkout, and it'll help us out quite a bit. And with that, we love you very much. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.